A preseason tie. Is there anything better in football? There sure is. But we're going to talk about this preseason tie between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Atlanta Falcons anyway. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lesko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're on the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, bringing you coverage of your team every day. And you can find this show on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you subscribe, I always like to encourage it because it makes it really easy for you to become a first listener, making us your first listen of the day. And an everydayer, those of you who don't miss an episode of the podcast, we really appreciate each and every one of you and the Bengals have finished preseason game number two with a 13 to 13 tie. As always, the results don't matter in preseason, but what does matter is how you get to those results. This is a big process over results part of the year for football teams. And as the Bengals are trying to make some tough roster decisions, they did start with a handful of starters on the field. Those being all of the defensive starters and Jonah Williams, who are Substack sub text sorry our sub text subscribers knew about before the game courtesy of one james rapine all 60 or so of you out there knew that jonah was probably going to play a drive so there's a reason to go check out the sub subtext at join subtext.com slash lockdown bangles but james let's start with that starting defense a long drive which I think is great. 15 plays and they get off the field with a really nice takeaway orchestrated by Mike Hilton timing up a tipped ball that Joseph Osai comes down with dropping into zone and, and intercepting. Anything else stand out to you on that defensive drive that, like I said, 15 plays, a lot of football there. Yeah, they, they responded the right way. And when it was first and goal from the four, it's like, okay, and then the Falcons shot themselves in the foot a little bit with a couple of false starts. And it's like, all right, you better get off the field now and force a field goal. And they, they did, did you one better and they were able to for, force a turnover. The, the thing that stuck out to me on that second down play, I thought Bijan Robinson, he had a full head of steam and it was one-on-one him and Dax Hill knifed in the hole and made a nice tackle. The broadcast said came to the Brit. It was Dax Hill. Mm-hmm. And that is that's a really tough play. Like Bijan looks legit. Like I and I think this Falcons offense was pretty good. And like the the way they scheme up stuff, like this would have been a game if it was the regular season where the Falcons might have gotten ten points in, in the first two drives. I get it; they got off the field and, and forced the interception, but wouldn't have shocked me if that happened. And then Lou Anarumo adjusts and they they react and, and they're able to slow the the Falcons down. If the first teams stayed in, it just kind of felt that way. But this Bengals defense, yeah, they they showed that they've been putting in the work because a lot of teams would have been gassed there and they would have said, screw this. It's preseason anyways. Let's get the heck off the field. It's not a big deal. And this team found a way to not only get off the field and not allow a touchdown, but they didn't even give up three. And I, I think it does start with that Dax Hill play because if, if Bijan gets past Dax, even if he doesn't get into the end zone, we're talking about probably inside the three. He had a full head of steam. 
and, and then it, it's probably two down territory. Ritter's probably not passing. You might not force a turnover, and you ultimately might have given up a touchdown. Yeah, I thought it was a good bend but don't break drive. Arthur Smith and that Falcons offense schemed up a lot of stuff on that play. They're fun. Uh, on that drive. They're fun. A lot yeah. of motion. Bijan Robinson's a good running back. Tyler Algier, who didn't do much in this game, is, is a good player. Bijan was impressive, though. And, and you mentioned the Dax Hill play. Cam Taylor Britt did also have a good run stop. He did. So shout out Cam Taylor Britt for also making a good run stop on that opening drive as well. But man, Atlanta really schemed up a lot. And that's what I think you're getting at with the idea that, yeah, maybe they get some points and then Lou adjusts and it's that kind of game. But that's the Arthur Smith offense. I think they hit Drake London on a, on a play action league play a couple plays after they hit Kyle Pitts on a play action league play where they're scheming it up. They're rolling the quarterback out and, and really making the Bengals deal with the run and the pass on the same play. So there's a lot of stuff like that. This pretty free for the offense. In a lot of cases, when you call it into the right defensive play call, there's also really impressive play for Drake London. And I, I don't even knock DJ Turner for this. Drake London is able to get over on a really well-thrown ball, to be honest, and get a foot and a knee down inbounds. DJ Turner right there at the catch point can't quite get his hand on it, but is in a really good spot. Great play for Drake London there. Those are some of the, the standout plays on offense, and, and the Falcons didn't make it easy, so I think uh, good work for this defense. Also want to shout out Sam Hubbard, who I thought had a really impressive pass rush at one point on that drive. Didn't get the sack, but bent the corner really, really well. Uh, Cam Sample also played really well early in he the did. game. So a, a number of guys stood out, Joseph Osai as well, but he played you know, past just that, that opening drive. That's a camp sample, actually. Uh, but a lot of good things on the defensive interior, I thought. And what a play from from Mike Hilton to time that up and for Joseph Osai to have the wherewithal to come down with the ball. So not necessarily dominant or the most pretty opening drive for the defense, but from an individual perspective, from a scheme perspective, I, I wasn't concerned or anything like that from what we saw. No, and – this is probably the best case scenario, full disclosure now. And now I'll say it. I was talking to one of the veterans on this defense and he was like, yeah, it would cut. It would be nice. It would be nice if they would get maybe a first down or two, just so we could get our conditioning up. Now I don't think they were saying it would be nice if it's a 15 play drive and totals 108 yards when you don't include the penalty yards uh, or including the penalty yards, knocking them back and them going forward, all of those things. So it was uh was wild, right? And a little crazier than the Bengals anticipated. But I think it does help them because that's their one drive. That's their one drive of live, like truly live ball. And I get they had the joint practices, but live in-game action since January until September 10th. They will not play next week. None of them will play. Uh, Joe Burrow could get calf implants and be 1,000%, and he's not going to suit up against Washington. Uh, also, Joe Burrow wasn't in attendance, which makes a ton of sense. They don't want to disrupt his rehab schedule. Subtext also got that. So, yeah, I think uh, overall I, I was really impressed by this first-team defense because they didn't give up points and they were able to be opportunistic, which we've seen, and they didn't panic. I think that's part of the, the trait that comes with a Lou Anarumo defense. And for all the talk about missing Bates and Bell, you wonder, 
like, all right, well, how will they react in certain situations? And like I said, Dax made that play. I know Nick Scott was in on a couple of plays. I think he'll be fine. But what, what was interesting about the safeties to me, Jake, is Dax did play deep again, even with Nick Scott out there. It, it wasn't like it was just Nick Scott deep. Mm-hmm. And so that that's going to be something to monitor how, how they use those guys. And they used to say like Bates and Bell were interchangeable, but we know darn well they wanted Bates back there when it mattered most. Yeah, and, and Dax on that run stop, you mentioned him playing deep. He was following a tight end who went in motion yeah. into the formation and then made the run stop near the box. So he was playing all over the place and, and truly does look to be that versatile chess piece that we've hoped he would develop into and, and that we're hoping to see from him this year. There's also uh, at least a couple examples or, or at least one prominent example that I'm thinking of where you can see the defense communicating quite a bit and changing changing the surface of the defense uh, before one of Atlanta's plays. So you can see that communication happening as well, which is something that you're hoping to see and hoping that, you know, Logan Wilson and, and Jermaine Pratt having been in the system for so long can help with. And it's not like it's Dax's first year in the system. He saw all this communication last year firsthand. He's been in the system. But good for those guys to get some work. We'll talk about some of the backup defenders as well when we get to some of the standouts a little bit later. But let's get to the offense. Let's get let's talk about the offensive line a little bit as well, where there, there were some interesting wrinkles. And, and the big thing that we were watching for, I think, was what was going on with these backup quarterbacks. Trevor Simeon got the first half this week. Jake Browning got the second half. So we'll dive into some of that quarterback talk coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And obviously you wanna be 100% certain that you're finding the right candidates, the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs because LinkedIn Jobs is going to help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you have to do is go to linkedin.com slash Locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. And they have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right experience so you can prioritize quickly who you want to interview, who you want to hire. Small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So make sure you check out LinkedIn jobs today and post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply time to talk about the offense and in particular the quarterback play trevor simeon getting the start in this one and started out pretty well the bengals schemed up a couple of man beaters a nice play action play for drew sample a couple pick plays that the man beaters to chris evans and uh i think to who was the other one there's another one at the start of the game chris evans Drew Sample, then Trent Norwood on, on another pick play, I believe. No, Trent Norwood was the out route. Who was the other pick play that I'm thinking of, James? Andre Yosevas. So Jesse Bates gets downhill and, and right. makes a tackle short, short of the first down. But he starts out. And that was a short well. pass. That it was, was a short pass. Well, it was chunk plays, 13, 10, and 14. 13 to Sample, 14 uh, to Irwin, and 10 to, to Evans on the little, little slant. So yeah. it was quick. And they're taking advantage of certain things in the defense. A lot of that schemed up, but the throw to Trent Irwin is AJ Terrell, Terrell, AJ Terrell covering one of the better corners in the NFL. And it's a good throw. That's one place where it's like, man, that's where the arm talent difference in these quarterbacks really stands out. 
And it's a good start, right? Like he's taking the layups. He's given his receivers an opportunity to gain yards after catch. He hits a nice throw to Trenton Urban on the out route to pick up a first down on second and 10 after a false start by Cody Ford. And then it kind of goes off the rails and the inconsistency starts to show up and the inaccuracy starts to show up. And what looked like he was going to be able to make a real case for himself kind of fell apart. It did. I mean, he started four for four. And then there was a point before that final drive of the half where he was five for 10 for 41 yards. He started four for four for 41 yards and he was five for 10 for, for 41 yards. So do the math there. One and, out of six for zero yards. And, and that uh, completion was a check down to Chase Brown on third and 10. Sh- sure. Yeah. For zero. Yeah. For, so for eight, but not a for, Oh yeah. For, for zero. You're right. My bad. It, it, and so it, it's not like he had running room, right? Where it's like, Oh, I'm going to just dump it off here. I, I, I really wonder with him, and it's something that you pointed out on, on one of the plays where it looked like it, it was when he was throwing it to, to Andre Yosevash, and he was – I don't even think he was expecting the comeback. I think he was kind of throwing it away and knew, knew no one was in the area, I assume. Yeah. yeah. But he drifted in the pocket and never steps up, and that's just awful for the offensive line. Like, they have nowhere to go. Like, even if they do their job, like, step up. There's a nice pocket right there. I'm – I'm surprised about tonight. I thought this was going to be the game where he would not be great. Okay. I wasn't expecting Joe Burrow or 80% of Joe Burrow to to come out there for Trevor Simeon, but I thought he would look like a competent veteran quarterback in the league. Like name your guy, you know, would it be um, Taylor, Taylor Heineke? Like, okay, fine. I thought it would look like Heineke, but it just, it didn't. And he finishes seven of 14 doesn't turn the ball over, but it doesn't feel good. And, and then I guess we should just get to Jake Browning right now. Jake Browning's inconsistency as well. I mean, he starts three for three. And then you look up and at one point, and I'm documenting these in real time, he, he's 12 of 18 and he throws that awful interception. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, well, is there any way that that this quarterback battle can get any worse? And it did end up a little bit better because Jake Browning went five for five for 47 yards, had the two scrambles for 33 yards on that final drive. Accounted for, what, 80 of the, the 83 yards or whatever it was because Chase Brown had the, the the run at the end there into the end zone. But, man, it was uh, it was ugly for most of the night. I guess the good news is, is Jake Browning's final numbers looked pretty good. And outside of that ugly interception, it was pretty solid. Like if that, if that just didn't happen and he threw an incomplete there or got – tackled short of the the line to gain on third and five because he should have ran it there I, I and they punt and then get the ball back i would have felt pretty good about what browning did tonight he's trying to make a play it's third and nine you just can't ever throw that ball i thought it was it third and nine it was it was third and nine they're they're at their own 30 so they're they're not in good field position they, they he was sacked on second and five to set up the third and nine Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that was a, that was a sack, by the way. This is not on the topic of quarterback. Oh, no. It, it passed short left to Yosevash for a four-yard loss. That's what it was. Oh, right. Yeah. They set up – They set up. my bad. They set up the screen. But basically a sack. I mean, it's the same. It they set up a screen that got blown up, which yeah. their screen game at times leaves something to be desired. But Uh, The note I was just going to mention really quick is there were a couple pressures that were given up by the left tackles in this game. One Jackson Carmen, one by 
think it was Deontay Smith at left tackle at this point where Chase Brown runs right into the left tackle as he's trying to get out into the flat. And as they're trying to get depth in their pass sets, they just can't do it because they've been trucked by their running back. And and that led to a couple of pressures in this game. And, and one of them was the interception, the third and nine interception that we're just talking about. Chase Brown ran into uh, – Deontay Smith on the play that led to Jake out, Jake, Jake Browning having to get out of the pocket. But just run. Yeah, just like run. He, he, he could have ran for four yards and went out of bounds. And right. then you and, punt it. And then on tape, it's like a plus from an evaluation perspective. Like you escaped a sack, you made something out of a busted play. Good for you. No doubt. You didn't ruin And he knows it. Like he mm-hmm. knows way better than we do. But like, you, you know who he was throwing to there? Just to be very clear, Trent Irwin. Yosef mm-hmm. was the closest receiver. I think a lot of people will see because it was the guy guarding Yosef that intercepted it, I believe. But like, it, it would have had to go. Yeah, it, it would have had to go through two guys mm-hmm. to get to his target, and neither guy was a Bengal. <laughs> so that is not that is just not the play. It, it eerily like it, it was just uh, it was rough. But he responded the right way, and I will say this about Jake Browning. He's had these practices where he looks really good. Wednesday was like this. Really, really good. And then the bottom drops out. Mm-hmm. Last week, it was the same. He started 10 of 13, and then the bottom dropped out. Today, it was dropping out, and he responded. And so there is a plus there. I know it wasn't pretty, and I'm not endorsing him for QB2 necessarily, and we can have a, a longer talk when we're not doing a, a post-game reaction about the quarterback uh, battle or, or QB2. But – that is a good sign, and it is a positive from tonight. And he bounced back throwing to Christian Trahan, Malachi Carter, Mac Hippenhammer, yeah. scrambling for 19 yards, scrambling for 14 yards, which are both good plays. Uh, the scrambling yes. ability is a real part of his game. And, and then he hits Yosevash for the back shoulder to get, to get close to the end zone. Yoshi Yoshi. He, he also left the ball way short for Andre Yosevash. So. That's a touchdown. That's a touchdown if he throws it. Yeah, You're talking short, about the, the one in the yeah. end zone? Yeah, it's short and it's inside. Sh- Easy TD. TD. Easy. Better, better throws a touchdown. Mario um, would have came out with Yoshi, and Yoshi would have been just – it would have been crazy. they got to get that ready for the, for the Jumbotron. I hope so, man. Yeah. Right? Um, d- did you feel like either guy separated themselves in this I think Browning. I, I think Browning did a little bit. I think, it, I think it was probably 50-50 tonight. Browning clearly had the better night. He had the bad interception, but I think overall yeah. was better. Like he he was moving the offense, like it was able to move yeah. with with Charlie Jones. Found Charlie a couple times. Yeah, it looked more functional, and and so yeah, I think I think if if this the decision had to be made right now, I don't know how you would give the job to Trevor Simeon. No, so here's... maybe it's maybe it's Jake Browning wins by default, but the, the, of the two, that's how I would lean. Where I'm at with this is like Trevor Simeon doesn't look like he can play quarterback in the NFL anymore, despite having the arm to do so. And Jake Browning's arm just, I just don't know how you can feel comfortable saying you can play with that arm at the NFL level, even if he is making better decisions and moving the offense a little bit better. Like, I, I, I just don't feel like either guy, even if Browning played better, and I agree that he's ahead of Simeon right now, just because Simeon does not look serviceable. My, my confidence level in either guy is just not there. That's fair. And I think on our next show, we should dive into the the options a bit more because I think I think there's a path where they keep one of these guys, but they could also make the room better. And, and so we could discuss those those options. I know there were some some edits out there of different 
free agents to be or, or current free agents that uh, people were interested in. I'm not going to go that far, but let's uh, let's get to some more takeaways coming up next here after the Bengals tie. I still can't believe that the Bengals tie the Falcons in preseason week number two. Today's show is brought to you by Streetside Brewery. Beer is all they make. Family owned and operated since 2016. We're so excited to have partnered with Streetside because they are local. They are a an award-winning craft brewery in whether it's their pastry stouts, their coffee blondes, their brown ales, their brown ales, excuse me, their fruited sours. I could use a fruited sour right now, Jake. Tailgate before every home game, by the way, at Streetside. So on September 17th, if you're looking for somewhere to go, maybe you're going to be in town for that weekend for that Ravens game. Well, guess what? Get to Streetside. They're on 4003 Eastern Avenue in the Columbia Tusculum neighborhood near Lunkin Airport. They have 24 taps, full pints, four ounces. So you can try a bunch of different ones if you want to go there and just taste a bunch of different awesome beer. And they have happy hour, which I'm going to be hitting up this coming week. And I will, uh, I'm going to enjoy it. I'll put it that way. So Jake, we're not going to be recording one of these days from four to six, because that's when happy hour is Monday through Friday. Ask for it in your favorite bottle shops, bars, and restaurants in in Cincinnati as well. It's street side and they have new beers dropping all the time. So make sure you check them out. Street side brewery, check them out today. James, as we wrap up this preseason game, number two, let's make sure we hit on some of the things that we were looking to talk about and looking to, to get some mm-hmm. answers about in this game. One of those, the backup offensive line where Jackson Carmen played, did he play the entire game? Feels like it. It was if both it tackle spots. If, I think it was actually the entire game. He played I would have less to see tackle. the last drive. It, it, it was all but the last drive, worst case, like or yeah. best case, whatever you want to say. He was playing left tackle for most of the game. Got – I think a drive at right tackle after Cody Ford had three plays at right tackle that did not go well. Remember when they signed Cody Ford to play tackle? I, I think that that ship has sailed. Um, yeah, part but, of that might be they realize Jonah's a, a pretty good right tackle. Yeah, so let's let's talk Jonah Williams as well. Jonah starts yeah. at right let's, tackle. Gets let's the start there. He, he was great. Boom. That's it. He was very good. And, mm-hmm. and he was blocking – starters like Calias Campbell a couple of times he's watching yeah. some some good players I I think the Bengals have been really impressed with how he's embraced it and attacked it it's not like he's just going through the motions mm-hmm. and it's uh it's great to see because Jonah's a good guy he's always brought the right attitude last year was hard for him personally I know obviously this offseason stuff by the way I don't think I mentioned this on the pod after I think it was Monday's practice, Orlando Brown Jr. and Jonah Williams talking in the middle of the practice field for at least five minutes about different stuff. And, and it was obviously football related, but it was just kind of cool to see because clearly they have a good relationship and that can be awkward sometimes because Brown obviously replaced Jonah, but they, they are certainly on good terms. Brown seems like a good dude by all accounts. Very good. Everything I've Very heard good about dude. Orlando Brown is, is yep. positive stuff. Uh, was impressed with Jonah Williams. Was not very impressed with Jackson Carmen. Hmm. Was not impressed with Trey Hill. Was hmm. not impressed with Cody Ford. We'll hmm. see. I, I didn't watch those guys in hyper detail. I didn't go back and rewatch their first half or anything like that. Uh, in the run game, in the run game is a bit the best example of looking at that. I mean, they're averaging two yards a carry. 
Yeah, wasn't good. I did think Chris Evans had a nice run as a runner, but the, the one offensive sure. lineman uh, that I wanted to say, I think, helped himself tonight. Max Sharping started the game at center mm-hmm. and I thought was fine. Yep. And uh, I think neither of us had Sharping on the 53. Well, no, because it's Hill or Sharping, right? And, and, and now and you just, now you might I, flip it. I think I flip it. And I also flipped Simeon today, you know, like see how quickly that changed. I, I, I sent you going into this game. I think it was yesterday. I sent you an updated one where I flipped it back to Browning just because, you know, the, the stuff about Simeon turfing the ball five times in practice. And then you see the way that he's out there. I, I don't know, man. Anyway, point is I thought Sharping, we'll see. I'll, we'll have to go back and watch show that he could play center and he did it against Atlanta starters. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, um, that's a good sign, and he's proven at guard. If you feel confident in his ability to play center, I don't think anybody's super confident in Trey Hill's ability to play center. And and I'm not being mean to Trey Hill, but I, you know, you just hope that Ted Kerr stays upright and healthy throughout the year, like he did last mm-hmm. season. So we'll see. But that it, it, the edge it might have flipped, but it's going to go down to the wire. Like obviously, practice all week, and then preseason game number three. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I, I don't know what they do with Jackson Carmen. And, and and there's a bigger conversation there. But clearly they're searching. He played left tackle for most of the game, switched to right. He stunk at guard for two years. Do you really want to go that route? Maybe, I guess. I, I know there, there were people tweeting like, oh, he's so much more comfortable at left tackle than right tackle. Whatever. He looked comfortable-ish last week in the first half, and then he just lost his focus because he's inconsistent. I, I just – that's what he is now. And – it's it's the reality that people should understand with Carmen because until he shows otherwise, he's never been consistent. And, and we saw that again tonight. I mean, he got called for a holding penalty in the third quarter against, you know, he's, it's not like he's playing the starters and, and, and struggling with one of these guys, Calais Campbell or whoever you want to say. Mm-hmm. No, and, and, and he gets called for holding. So, In his defense, Zach apparently was livid on the sideline about that call, still got called. Seems like Deontay Smith. And, and sometimes you have bad luck too, but yeah. when you're well, the, the phrase you create your own luck, like it's at some point you like he's never overcome a penalty like that either. Like it's just it's just how it is, where it's if Orlando Brown Jr. gets called for holding, I don't know if it's gonna impact him the rest of the game or impact him on the re- the next play. I doubt it will. Some other guys it does. And and Jackson's just I think he was uh, – he, he struggled at times tonight. But there were also times where I thought he looked okay. And, and that's the part that stinks because you can see the ability. And so maybe maybe another team will see that ability. That, I think, is a key that we can expand upon in the future. I just don't see the point of working him at left tackle for an entire game and an entire week if he's your third or fourth left tackle on the team. Because I, I don't know if he's even the third right now. With Deontay Smith's ability to play both tackle spots and or, or Hakeem Adenogy, who hardly Adenogy's played. ahead of him, isn't he? You would think. I mean, Adenogy, did Adenogy play tonight? He played a little bit, I think. But but you see, like I think they kind of just know. Yeah, so I, I mean, they know, know who he is certainly. At this point, he's uh, so more, more consistent than than Carmen. He might not have the higher end talent, but he's he's certainly more consistent. Go ahead. Some other notes. Uh, not a whole lot of pass blocking opportunities for either back tonight that I saw. No. I, I right. think Chris Evans looks like RB2 right now. I think that 
Chase Brown has some work to do to get there. I didn't think he was bad by any means. I thought he actually had one plus play in pass protection, uh, which is that play where Simeon is drifting and drifting and drifting and then throwing it away or throwing it to Yosevash or whatever that play was. There was a plus for Brown there. Uh, they both had uh, one nice run each, but there wasn't a whole lot going on in the running game. But Brown's run up the middle was nice where he spun. That's the one you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and I thought Evan's five yard run on the first drive showed maturity from him and, and yep. was a, a good set of decisions and moves to have a positive play on an early down. Um, but I don't know. It feels like Chris Evans RB two right now. What do you think? If these are the three guys, yeah, if the season's tomorrow, I think Travion Williams, he's coming. And I'll have something to the, say about it. That's the part of this where it's, it gets really interesting when it comes to the roster gymnastics. That's why I have four. Yeah. Really cutting Chris Evans? Like he's, I think he's earned a spot. I don't know if you know exactly where he's going to be or how his role is going to be, but so far, so good. You're not cutting Chase Brown, and Travion Williams might be that third down back. So, so it's really tough really tough to distinguish those guys. So we'll see if Travion comes back Sunday for practice. It's a big week for him for sure. Yeah. Losing two weeks is not what the Bengals want. I mean, the, the other guys that like the practice squad running backs aren't even getting reps in these games because they need to see so much from these mm-hmm. guys trying to, that, that are going to be part of the rotation. Uh, another big Reed day. Sinnott. Reed Sinnott uh, isn't either. Yeah. Cause he's not a practice him. squad guy. It does suck for him. But he's he's Sucks. not making the practice squad. Are we sure he would drift 32 yards behind the line of scrimmage and throw it to Andre Yosevash, but really throw it away, but pretend it's a comeback? Might be it, worse. It really wasn't. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just not, kidding. I'm he kidding. was not kidding. I'm kidding. In camp kidding. practices. Andre Yosevash, another nice night. Shout out to Andre Yosevash. Charlie Jones, a bit of a bounce back night. Still some yeah. work to do, I think, as a punt returner. Uh, I think he's he's can catch the ball. He can run the the wiggle with the ball in his hands. I would like to see some some more evasiveness from Charlie Jones. Maybe that has something to do with the shoulder. Maybe it's just something to do with adapting to the NFL game. Uh, kind of nitpicking there, but still seeing some some signs of promise from those guys on defense. Uh, shout out Zach Carter. I thought he had a nice game as well. And DJ Ivy, despite giving up a couple of catches early. Did get in the window on that go ball where the Falcons yes. tried to to win the game with two seconds left. That was a heck of a play. It was a heck of a play. Mm-hmm. It was. I, I there you go. I, I had someone tweet me like, "Hey, what's going on?" Oh, I forget his name too. I know he listens. He's an everyday. But what's going on with DJ Ivy? You guys been hyping him up, and he's giving up catches. You know, giving up receptions, and then he made that play. So game on the line. DJ Ivy came through. It was good to see. Rookie learning moment for Jordan Battle. Also, uh, real quick, Shedrick Jackson. Shout out to him. Before oh, yeah. Four receptions, 42 yards. Number 12, baby. <laughs> Drew a big DPI as well. Shedrick Jackson is the practice squad receiver on this team, maybe even ahead of Kwame Lasseter, honestly, if not for the punt return abilities of Kwame Lasseter giving him. Did you think Lasseter caught that? I, I, I thought did. it was very close. I thought it was a catch. I thought it was very close. I understand why it stood. I think it is one of those stands, no matter what it's called on the field, kind of plays. Uh, last note for me is the Jordan Battle rookie learning moment. Coming coming over yeah. from center field to wag the finger well after the play. Gets pulled out of the game for a moment after that to have a word with his coaches. Later returns to the game. 
Not as many flashy plays from the secondary this week. Um, Jordan Battle needs to learn from that moment. You, you just sure. can't do that in the NFL. Yeah, it's stupid. They should be allowed to taunt. It's a dumb rule, but you have to learn it. Yep. Any other closing thoughts from you, James, before we wrap up? And we'll, we'll have time to revisit, of course. No, except for the trash talk and taunting that happens at the playground. A lot of that should be allowed on the NFL field, and it's stupid. So, again, Jordan does have to learn. He can't do it. But I just want to say it's a dumb rule. I agree really with you that it's a dumb happen. rule. Continues to be a point of emphasis for it's the dumb. NFL. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We'll have more time to digest this game and talk about how it has changed the outlook for the 53 and things that kind of feels like they need addressing. Drew Sample had a nice catch tonight too, by the way. On, on You said that. As I'm running through thoughts. I did. Let's get yeah. out of here. We'll have time to reflect on these games in the future. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.